Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, episode 12 of On the Horizon. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. Uh, I've got Eric Collette with me. Eric, how's it going? Very good. Very good. How are you, Andy? Uh, I am good for, uh, I guess, a Monday. I think, you know, it's odd. I, I love what I do, and I love getting up on Monday mornings and going to work, but it was so nice this weekend. Um, it's not hot yet. It's it's nice. The sun's out, getting yard work done. It's pretty bad. I walk around raking leaves and drinking beer the whole whole day on like a Sunday afternoon. Shoot, why not? <laughs> I used to kind of judge my dad a little bit for doing that, but now I'm like, oh, that's great. I mean, you're just outside, music playing, raking leaves, drinking a beer. Oh. Pretty awesome. Well, I um, feel it. So my point there is it's the first Monday in a long time where I didn't want to go to work. <laughs> Uh-oh, does that say something? Is that something... I think it's just spring fever and wanting to be outside and doing stuff. And, you know, as much as I love, this is my third podcast of the day and I've got one more to do after this. Um, yeah. You know, outside raking leaves, drinking a beer kind of sounds nice about right now. Well, you know, I had this conversation with my kids often. Don't get used to summer breaks. Don't. Because when you get old and you start having a real job, you have those three months or two and a half months off are completely, they're a pipe dream. <laughs> so I grew up here in the South and if we got two or three days a year out for snow, we thought it was the greatest thing ever. The idea that you got 12 months because of a pandemic or something, uh, and that would have been, I'm sure they're tired of it, but at some point in my life, I would have loved to have thought I could have got a year out of school more or less. Yeah. It, it's just that they don't leave the house. If you don't have to leave the house, you don't leave the house. <clears throat> Even to go outside. Yeah. Everybody's, yeah. It's cabin fever enforced. <laughs> so Eric, um, your role is as a uh, architect at VMware, especially on the EUC side, helping partners like us, right? That's, that's your job? Yep. Yep. That's my job. Help you guys uh, build up uh, services and solution practices and all that business, primarily around EUC for me. And and you and I were exchanging emails earlier today, and and you sent over a blog that said, "Hey, let's do this blog and let's talk about you know some of the things that have evolved from this blog." And and it turns out that was the blog we did um, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, New Horizon <laughs> SaaS offerings reduce cost and flexibility deployment, flexible deployment and management. Uh, and I said, "Well, hey, we already did that." And he said, "No, no, there's things we still need to talk about that." Uh, didn't get covered or things that have evolved since then. So, so let's jump in uh, and let's try to fill in the gaps where you think they need to be filled on what was covered in the previous blog slash podcast. So it's not so much that I, I just, there's nuts and bolts and there's a lot of activity towards this just because May 6 is our cutoff date for perpetual licenses. You will no longer be able to buy perpetual licenses after May 6th. What if you already and have perpetual licenses? Now that's the, those are beautiful questions. Uh, I will hit that. Uh -oh. <laughs> but just know that May 6th is the last time you as a partner and customers can have those things purchased. Mm -hmm. And it's a hard cutoff at that point. Now, if you have existing perpetual licenses, there's three approaches you can take. The first is renewal. Actually, how about we go with the best first? First okay. is not renewal in that case. Uh, the first is renewal to a SaaS license. 
and that is subscription as a service, of course. Uh, moving to this license gives you a little piece of cloud activity and, of course, the licensing to deploy Horizon or Horizon Apps solutions. So the reason why we have them broken out the way they do that we do is SaaS is going to support a cloud-based solution called the, the, the control plane or the, the universal broker. And that is a cloud subscription. So that's why we're seeing this new evolution or this evolution of this model. Because it costs us money to run it. Therefore, you know, you know how it goes. That charge is then sent down to the customer. <laughs> then, and the second one to consider is term licenses. Uh, when you're transitioning from a perpetual to a term license, it, it looks relatively the same. And we're going to see a lot of uh, federal and a lot of uh, organizations who are used to the perpetual model moving to that. Term licenses do expire at the end of the subscription period, but basically they're almost the same, except that they don't have that cloud-based component, the control plane that's out there. Hey, let's let's take a moment and explain the old yeah. old world where you just bought software and you own the software and you have the rights to uh, and support and everything. This is like 1990 something, um, mm-hmm. and then that moved into a world of perpetual where you you own the license, but then you had to pay for software and maintenance support so that it was um, continued to evolve and you could you could keep rolling it forward. What we're talking about now is a either a true subscription or some type of term license where you buy it from this date to this date. And then that date comes, you're done. Like it quits working. Yeah. Uh, there's a third option you were getting ready to give jump into. Well, that third option really is just maintain that perpetual license model for as long as you possibly can. And I mean, like you were saying, the old world was with the perpetual model, you bought that license. There was a current subscription and support. You could keep it updated. You could maintain it. But even if you shut off the, the valve for it, you would still be able to use it. It's just that after the subscriptions or the support has expired, you couldn't download patches and keep it updated. Yeah. Uh, In this case though, if you maintain your perpetual license, you basically can say, I will extend it out for another year before I transition to SaaS or term licenses, Mm -hmm. or I can put another three years on top of that to extend it out until three years. So we will support perpetual licenses for three more years if you okay. want to go that route. Okay. So it's not totally going away. You could keep it, but you have to commit to a three year a three year term basically. A three year exactly. three more years and then maybe it's someday three more years after that or maybe not. Maybe it'll just be the I, end of I pretty much guarantee we're gonna have all of these systems cut over to a point where it's kind of uh it's kind of yeah it's done. Now Eric is that <laughs> So I guess let's explain a couple of things. What's the benefit? Well, first of all, is that just for the Horizon, the Workspace One suite, or is that thing is that for all VMware licenses? For now, it is. You hear the for now? Ooh. Uh, for now, it is just for Horizon, Workspace One, uh, Horizon apps, all that stuff. Okay. So whenever you purchase it, it'll be at the Horizon Eight level when you get there. Now. This is this is uh, forward-looking statements, and I will not be held accountable for any of the things that I say at this point. Pure okay. opinion, <laughs> but we're Eric seeing said, this general Eric, move. For the record, Eric said, "Go ahead." 
<laughs> uh, for the future, we, I, you can see that more things are going to move to that perpetual model. I think it's the easiest thing for Horizon mm -hmm. to move to that or Workspace One to move that to that subscription model because it's much more of a cloud-based solution. Mm -hmm. And really the idea is we wanted to make sure that these things were mobile between different clouds. These licenses, you could burst up to Horizon Cloud on Azure or you could burst up to AWS, uh, VMC on AWS. Is that the Take real win? Is that the real win for the customer? All of a sudden, now it's all subscription, and you can use whatever part of the subscription you need. Is that the, is that the real play for them? That's that is a part of the play, and you know, take it or leave it. It's one of those things that we can tout as a benefit, but really, ultimately, the universal cloud broker is the key, and and that is that overarching piece that says I'm going to put my images into the cloud, or I'm gonna put my images into this space where it gets replicated to each of the different sites. Mm -hmm. And now I can actually burst out to the cloud or I can stay on premise. And that image from one to the next is the same. Right. And I can then divert any, any incoming connections, I can divert it to whatever cloud I want to. It's beautiful, actually, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a win for the technical, the architect, right? Now they've got, they don't have, they, they can stop worrying about licensing. They just know what subscription to have and what it enables mm -hmm. them to do. Yeah. The biggest drawback really for subscription is it's a care and feeding situation. And honestly, uh, it just, you will have to maintain it just like you do your support and subscription. But any times that you let that lapse or move beyond a certain point, you could be in trouble if you, if you don't. Pay attention to happens, those little flags. What happens at that moment? Maybe we can't give the Eric official answer here, but does it just, the day you let it lapse, it just stops working or does it have like a little nag or what happens you think? That That is a good question because technically I haven't seen what happens. I haven't personally seen it. I know that we put grace periods in a lot of our stuff. A lot of our stuff has grace periods. A lot, of, I mean, like Horizon licenses, perpetual licenses right now have a has a uh, overhead cap where you could m use more desktops than you need to, uh, than you're licensed for. I should say, you do need to use them if you go above that license cap. Yeah. But that's temporary, and it's expected to be temporary, and you drop that back down below that line over time. At least, so that's the principle is there is almost always going to be some sort of padding, whether that's going to be time or whether that's going to be the amount of desktops. Yeah. So Eric, what else is there about this particular blog and this concept that we need to uh, maybe uh, clarify? What, what other concepts are you finding that you're running into customers and partners that you know, don't quite understand how this is going to be unfolding for them. Yeah. And what I would suggest is there is some things like uh, the subscription upgrade paths, and that's actually down at the bottom of that blog. And you'll see a uh, the fourth bullet under Read More Horizon Subscription Upgrade Program. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I am talking more than nuts and bolts, the things that... Uh, people kind of more of the behind the scenes. I am more on the services side after all. Yeah. But just keep in mind that move. So I was mentioning on the far right column, the moved term is going to be different for federal as it is uh, than it will be for 
uh, customers who are outside of the federal program. So federal only will actually have cloud deployment options. Whereas if you go to a term service, uh, ter uh, uh, term licensing model, yeah. you will not get that cloud layer, that uh, yeah. universal broker, the cloud control plane. So Eric, the one you were talking about, the link I clicked on, no different one that talks about the comparison of the subscriptions. Let's just, are yeah. these, so we've got uh, Horizon Universal subscription. We've got Horizon App Universal subscription. We've got Horizon Standard. And then we've got Horizon Apps Standard. Let's just talk about the subscription for a few minutes. Can you just tell us the main differences between the first one, the second one, the third one, and the fourth one? If you need to go the opposite direction, that's fine. Yeah, well, the first one really is the granddaddy of them all. Uh, Horizon Universal subscription covers just about everything. It is universal in the sense that it can be moved anywhere. It can move into a cloud subscription. It could stay on premise, uh, public cloud, whatever you want to do with that particular license. And desktops, VDI, anything you want. Yeah, it's okay. the full full ticket, everything on it. <clears throat> so it's it's built specifically for that. So if you think of comparison wise, Horizon Enterprise, that is the same type of solution, except it gives you just a little bit more when it comes to cloud deployments and that access to that cloud universal broker or cloud-based okay. universal broker. Now, moving over to apps, it's much more on the RDS delivered application side. Little yeah. lighter footprint, still burstable, still something you can do on-premise, something that you can do uh, via the cloud. So Horizon Cloud on Azure, perfect solution for that, where you can shuffle a bunch of those virtual desktops, or they're not virtual desktops, they're servers that Multi have RDS maybe? session, yes, multi-session yeah, multi app or desktop, but not VDI, not true VDI, not true VDI. Okay, but lighter footprint means less cost, and honestly, since this is still based in a subscription type approach, it's not bad, works. Um, then we scoot over to standard subscription and Horizon app standard sus subscription, which, of course, apps. You know what apps does? It's basically a cut down version of the Horizon Apps Universal subscription. But uh, you just have <clears throat> on-premise deployment primarily, yeah. and it's restricted to that single location. So Horizon Standard subscription, it's, it's a, a very minor, it's a very minor change, but it's a change that we have to make because it moves us to that subscription model. So, so all the ones that say subscription, hmm, restrict, oh, it's restricted to a single cloud location. Yeah. Right? yeah. So it, it doesn't give you that, that universe, that, you know, cross cloud broker solution. It does have a, a cloud based broker, but it's not cross cloud. It does not move between uh, cloud locations. So you don't get the, f the flexibility of deciding what cloud you intend to use right. uh, just depending on your utilization. And then finally on the far right-hand side, that, that's really the, the granddaddy in terms of the oldest concept, which is the on-premises. Uh, yep. The one you mentioned is universal. That's like the more feature rich. That's like the, you know, the, the more capable can do it all, any cloud, multiple clouds, but the one on the far right, that's just for on-premises. And does that, that mean that it, it can't integrate with cloud, um, you know, brokering systems? How do you, how do you technically break that so where it can't work with clouds? 
Well, it it removes the the subscription component. <clears throat> now, if you think about it, uh, the universal broker, the cloud-based solution that's sitting above all of this and can point to the different sites when you when you get it all configured properly, mm-hmm. it doesn't exist for term licenses except if you're a federal customer. Uh, federal customers do have the option of enabling that and utilizing it. Whereas if you go just term, it is very simplified licensing. And I would say very approximate to what you see in Horizon Standard subscription, that center column. But um, yeah, without the cloud component. Yeah. And, and this is it, right? These are the options that you can buy the Horizon product going forward, right? Yep, those are it from here on out. Well, from May 6th on out. So yes. And and where does buying a Workspace One license apply to these things? Is it are these just entitlements or are they separate? How does that come together? Or is Workspace One just really a marketing concept that brings things together, but you buy licenses independently? You do. It's it is more of a bundle. There is another page. This one's specific to Horizon. There's a similar page to this for Workspace One. Okay. That gives us that same comparison model. <clears throat> we can go look for that. Yeah, this is fine. We want to keep on the horizon. When you start yeah. bringing the Workspace stuff, now all of a sudden you've got uh, a much wider conversation that gets well, yeah. beyond what we can cover today. Yeah, big stuff. So, Eric, anything else uh, regarding this topic that we want to try to share while we still have the podcast open here? Well, I would say move fast. Uh, move fast on looking at these things, deciding where you want to be, because the future of this is going to be pretty much all subscription. So cutting over sooner rather than later is going to be better ultimately for you. Um, we do have current promotions that allow for customers to move into this new subscription model that allows you to leverage your existing licenses. When I say leverage, basically you get a coupon for moving out of it and into uh, the other set. And so the cost savings is there and it makes uh, the change over negligible. Um, And also understand that you can buy exactly the limit that you are currently utilizing now. You don't have to kind of fudge it. I would say, where people would overbuy just for the sake of overbuying. Whereas in this case, buy exactly what you need, consume exactly what you need in increments of 10. Uh, (laughs) And then just a matter of adding to the subscription real time. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a little more flexible. You're not buying perpetual licenses that you basically have care and feeding of for over that period of time. It just makes it a little more cash cash conscious at the end of it all. But besides that, I, I mean, I just wanted to touch on those little bits and I, I thought that that was essential or important to, to take a look at. Sure. No, I appreciate you, uh, you know, stopping us from going on to the next blog and covering something that you feel like is important and something that maybe, uh, maybe we just need to clarify a little more. This, uh, this move by a lot of software companies to subscription-based uh, licensing, that's just the reality of the future of it. it. It aligns with your SaaS models that you're probably already buying into. It probably makes everything uh, easier to, to calculate each year for budgeting purposes. It's, it really does make sense. It might hurt a little bit in the very beginning, but in the long run, it's, it's the right thing to do. 
Yeah, it's almost, you may not feel it after the fact, but it is true that whenever you're looking at, and I'm just going to peek behind the curtain type of stuff, when you're looking at large organizations who start moving to the SaaS model, it's because they have overhead that wasn't normally covered. And if we don't cover that overhead, then the business can't run. So this maintains, uh, I would say this is a shot of oil in the system so that the, all the the parts are lubricated and can keep, can keep moving. And we're relying on other cloud solution providers to give us space on their spa- uh, on their infrastructure in order to get right. these things running and keep them going. So, Oh, that's true. It's a subscription on top of a subscription, probably on top of a subscription. So there needs to be some fluidity in how you price that and how it you know, rolls forward. Yeah. You don't want us to be a data center company. Right. We played that game. Yeah. <laughs> Tough business. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, sir, I appreciate you joining us, clarifying that, and we'll uh, we'll do it again in two weeks. We'll pick a pick another topic and keep rolling. Yeah, perfect. Happy to be here. All right, thanks, sir. See ya.